One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, good day, everybody. Uh, Welcome to School of the Holy Spirit, where we've been doing our Wisdom-Filled Warrior series based on the book, Wisdom-Filled Warriors. I encourage you to get a copy. A lot of detail uh, in this book, things that the Lord impressed upon my heart um, in His intent in the awakening of deliverers in this hour. And so if you haven't gotten a copy, I encourage you. And um, we've been doing, this is part 10. Um, We're probably going to end up doing close to 20 sessions on this this topic of the awakening of wisdom-filled warriors. Um, And I I believe the Lord in this hour is... is, uh, there's a there's a new breed of deliverer coming, a supernatural breed of deliverer, um, and it's not going to just be periodic. Um, it's going to be in the masses. Okay, um, you know, deliverance ministry is kind of a taboo, even in the spirit-filled church. Um, you know, I've been I do I do deliverance ministry. I do a lot of evangelistic work in the power of the Holy Ghost, but also do uh, deliverance ministry and. You go into certain cities and there are, you know, there's very few people that really focus and hone in on deliverance ministry. Um, and I believe in the coming uh, in the coming years, there's going to be an awakening where deliverance is going to dominate the landscape. The war against the demonic, the revelation um, that we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Um, it's going to become more mainstream um, as the need for the supernatural uh, becomes more real in the world. And um, I believe there's going to be a mass transition in believers um, where they actually learn to hunt down the demonic world instead of fearing the demonic world. And so we've been talking in the last few weeks, the last few sessions about the concept of spiritual truth and being reliant um, upon the Holy Spirit who equips you to discern even when uh, <clears throat> what appears to be true, even even Bible scripture being used by certain men to deceive, um, you would be able to discern because of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the spirit of Python and in particular the story in Acts chapter 16 where the girl who was uh, demonized with a spirit of divination um, known in the Greek word as the, as the Python spirit because it constricts and controls and manipulates by using what appears to be true to, to take advantage of your emotions, your ego, um, things that you normally on a superficial level wouldn't challenge, but only in the power of the Holy Ghost, in discerning the presence of evil, heaviness, manipulation, and those type of things, are you able to uh, function in discernment and judge that although they are saying things that appear true, um, you judge them because that's the way Jesus functioned, right? We talked about uh, Isaiah 11 last time, about Jesus being clothed in the uh, perfect spirit, the the sevenfold spirit of God, um, and because he functioned by only doing what he saw his Father reveal to him in heaven in visions and dreams, that Jesus was able to judge and discern the enemy because the Spirit revealed the enemy. Right? Paul discerned that although the slave girl in Acts sixteen was saying, "You're a man of God, Paul. You're a man of God. You're a, you're an awesome man of God." Paul turned and commanded the demon to come out of her because he discerned he it was revealed to him by the spirit that it was a spirit of divination and he cast it out right he cast it out and so that's a level of spiritual growth that really is a goal it's an objective and we talked about how you um in your prayer life 
connected to the pure way of prayer, which is, that's what the gift of tongues is for. This pure way of prayer is what draws the the spirit of revelation to be imparted to you, to be um, on a daily basis revealed to you where, when, how, what what people, what message, the right time, the right place. Um, and it equips you to literally live a supernatural life. And um, and so this concept of, of uh, revelation, it's almost like the Lord won't let me get off of this. Um, I initially only had one message um planned and really only one chapter in the book talking about revelation but i think this is my fourth or fifth message on revelation and um i would be moving on to the concept of wisdom um this week but the lord came to me in a dream last night and uh impressed upon me to really zero in on this topic um of the pure river of the pure reliance on the spirit of truth, the pure river from heaven who reveals supernatural information to those who love him. Okay. And I'm just going to share this dream I had last night. I'm going to interpret it for you. Um, We're going to talk through some scripture um, and go from there. Okay. So in this dream, I'm riding on a black horse and it's a, it's a black horse that, that the Lord has had me riding for, for years in certain dreams. Um, if you read Revelation chapter six, um, the four horsemen, I actually wrote a book called Transfigured about the four horsemen, um, are actually people are, they're, they're actually supernatural forces, uh, that the Lord equips people with to actually do supernatural things for the kingdom of God that brings judgments against the enemies of God and not the people. Okay. Um, and it's a hard concept to wrap your mind around. And I've had thousands of questions on this topic because people have been trained to view revelation as the judgment of God coming upon the people. Well, that's actually wrong. The judgment of God comes upon the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness with the intent to deliver the people. Okay. All right. So if you are in Christ, you are not being judged. You are part of the ones who are bringing the judgment of God. Okay. And so Christians should not be in fear of the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is actually the unveiling of the sons of God, the unveiling of the supernatural culminating with the spirit of prophecy in, in, in Revelation 19 coming to judge and make war, right? If you, if you read Revelation 19, 11, or I'm sorry, 10 through 15, it talks about Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. He has eyes of fire, robe dipped in blood. His name is written on him, the word of God. He's not simply a book. He's living. He is supernatural. He speaks. He is the word. He speaks today and he's known as the spirit of prophecy. His intent is to speak to you now in this moment, in this hour, speaking revelation and wisdom and supernatural things to you that when you speak them, the spirit of prophecy invades the earth today. It's not like in the future when when there's going to be the end. I mean, certainly the judgments of the Lord will come through the supernatural called ones of the Lord in that hour. But Prophecy is for today, okay? Prophecy flows out of your revelation of Christ. And the revelation of Christ, the whole book, is a picture of the judgment coming against the demonic powers, right? You will rule and reign in Christ, and the demonic powers will be judged in hell forever, okay? And the challenge for you as a horseman is that you are functioning in the power of the Holy Holy Ghost, looking to set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, right? You are functioning in the judgment of Christ, meaning that you are coming to set the people free while bringing judgment against the demonic powers, okay? And that's a foundational element of, of the call of God that's upon people in this hour. It's the foundational element of my book. And I know I just got off on a tangent, another rabbit trail, but that's okay. But you need to have the background of why the Lord gave me a dream last night to emphasize to you guys about this concept of revelation. And it has to be deeply embedded in your heart, okay? So I'm on this horse this black horse, it's the black horse of Revelation chapter 6. And in in the description of the black horse of Revelation chapter 6, it says that the rider is carrying the scales of judgment. And he also has oil and wine. 
The scripture says, do not hold back the oil and the wine, actually pour out the oil and the wine. Okay. I'll talk about that here in a minute, but I'm riding on this black horse. Um, and, uh, I'm carrying all three of these elements. I've got the scales of justice. I've got the oil, a vial of oil, and I've got a vial of wine. And I'm coming down off of the mountain of the Lord and I'm going into the valley below. And what I see is absolute desolation. Um, there is no vegetation. There are, uh, trees that once were alive, but they're absolutely dead. Um, they're burned with fire. They are, uh, there's no leaves. There's nothing green on the landscape. Um, and there is a, there is a polluted river flowing, um, that leads into a lake. And what I see, um, are people laying in the mud around the lake. Um, and there's dragons, there's serpents crawling all over the people as they lay in the mud around the lake. Um, they're agonizing in pain, they're groaning, they're crying out for help. And um, I see these, this particular type of demon um, literally going down to the polluted lake and bringing this water up and... and uh, you know, the people are so thirsty that they drink the polluted water and the, and they stay in the condition they're in. They stay in a polluted state. It's a, it's a description of desolation, right? I'm looking at desolation. The people are a victim of the demonic powers, okay? And so the horse is running at blazing speed. It, it's running um, to get to the headwaters uh, before they go into the lake. And uh, it arrives at the stream. Um, I jump down off the horse um, and I open uh, the vial of oil and the vial of, of uh, wine. I put a drop of each into the, into the river leading into the lake. And instantly the waters become crystal clear. Um, the flow all the way up to the headwaters, you know, coming, coming up, going upstream as well as downstream into the lake, everything becomes crystal clear. It becomes alive, right? And, um, the demons recognize that the water is pure now. The demons no longer go to get water out of the lake. They realize that what they were feeding the people, um, no longer will keep them in enslavement, no longer will keep them um, bound under the weight of principalities and, and ruling spirits and demonic powers. Um, and so uh, what happens next is um, I see angels appear on the scene and they take the water from the lake, from the flowing river into the lake um, and it's bubbling with life. And as soon as the, it touches the lips of the people, uh, the demons, the principalities, everything is driven away from the people. Um, their clothes, the mud on them instantly is washed away. They're dressed in white. They're, they literally begin to glowing as they drink the pure water from the pure river that had the anointing oil and the wine put into it. Okay. The demons flee. Um, suddenly, the land becomes green. The trees have leaves. Everything is literally brought to life because the oil and the wine are put into the river. <laughs> and when I woke up, the Lord spoke this scripture to me. Um, so I'm going to talk about this to you in a minute. Um, Isaiah 32, verse 15, it says, Until, and the key word here is until, until the Spirit of God is poured out from on high and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field and the fruitful field becomes a forest. This scripture, if you read the book of Isaiah chapter 32, from verse 1 to 14 describes desolation. It describes what I just described to you. Polluted waters, polluted um, everything. Stagnant waters in the lake, nothing's moving. It's dead um, desolation, there's no greenery, there's no life, and the people groan, they are, they literally cry out for help, but they keep getting fed dirty waters, 
okay? If you read chapter 32 in Isaiah from 16 onward, it talks about what happens when the Spirit of God is poured out. It talks about the supernatural outpouring of peace and joy and life and power and authority and actually ruling the demonic realm, okay? Taking authority over the demonic realm, all right? And so in Scripture, the concept of waters is about purity from the Spirit versus dirty waters that uh, are essentially what empowers the demonic to rule over people. Dirty, dirty water is essentially um, finding truth in the wrong place, okay? And what I mean by that is dirty waters, um, people willingly drink dirty waters thinking it's true and it is righteous, but it's actually not righteous. It's polluted with the intent of a demonic power to rule over the people. Okay, and there's only one thing that saves, that only, there's only one thing that purifies the waters. There's only one thing that purifies what you drink and, and the very thing that's used to sustain life in you. And that is the oil, the anointing oil, right? The oil representing the power of God and the wine representing the nature, right? The character, the, the, uh, the, the, what we call the, some people call it the fruit of the Spirit, but it's actually the nature of God, okay? And so Jesus with you not only reveals his nature, but he reveals his power, okay? The anointing without the wine, the oil without the wine is perverted, and the wine without the oil is perverted. Both are needed to make the waters pure. Are you with me? <laughs> Come on, because there's a big revelation in this, guys. You know, there's a there's a false thing that... I know this is why the Lord had gave me this dream last night because I read this thing. My wife was cruising through Facebook. I I stopped looking at Facebook. I it 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 oozes stuff on me, and I I need to cast things out of people. And so um, anyway, I stopped doing Facebook. But anyway, uh, side note: um, my wife <laughs> my wife finds this quote, and this quote that is uh, apparently running rampant on Facebook um, in the last few days. Um, there's this quote, and it's actually a statement um, that's a twist. And when I when my wife showed it to me last night, it irritated me so bad that, um, I don't know, I went to bed irritated, and the Lord gave me this dream to clarify something that he wanted me to talk about today in this session. Um, and this statement is, Gifts of the Spirit are given fruit of the Spirit are grown. We are known by our fruit, not our gifts. Gifts work even when we don't. Now, how many of you know there's truth in that, but there's also deception in that? When you read this, you default to, well, the most important thing is fruit that's grown and gifts are not needed. Well, let me say this to you. If you look at the fruit of the Spirit that's described in, um, or what we call the character of the Spirit, there's actually only one fruit, and it's called love, okay? In Galatians 5.22, it talks about um, the product of love. The product of you being one with the Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But that, okay, that, that you could, that is essentially the, the intent of the wine. You are in relationship with the wine, the presence of the Lord, the covenant. I will never leave you or forsake you. And it produces a character. Well, character alone is not the kingdom. Okay. Let me just say this. Character alone is not the kingdom. Because the seed of love also gives the gifts of the Spirit so the power of God can be poured out upon peoples and nations, okay? The kingdom without the power, the kingdom without faith, the words of knowledge, and by the way, faith is identified as both a gift and a product of love, a, a nature, a fruit, so to speak. And so faith, words of knowledge, prophecy, healing, miracles, signs, wonders, wisdoms, tongues, and interpretation of tongues, all of those are needed to 
function in the calling of Mark 16 to go into the world, preach the gospel with signs and wonders following. Well, how do signs and wonders follow? Do you just create them on your own? No, you're in direct relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the signs and the wonders are the Lord being present to confirm his word. And so if you think that you are kingdom oriented because you have great character and you're good, then you're deceived, okay? Because there's two things that are evident of the seed. The seed of Christ, right? The seed, this, the, the Lord speaking, releases both a love, a nature. It releases peace, joy, supernatural presence of the Lord, and power. It breaks the yoke. It breaks the back of evil. It drives demonic powers from the person that you're ministering to from your own life. Okay, so the fallacy is, well, if you just are a good guy and you have a good character, then you're better and the gifts are not needed. Okay, the gifts are needed. The power, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Satan is not afraid of a person who goes to an altar and has the appearance of just being peaceful. Satan fears a guy who carries righteousness, peace, and joy, and the, and, the, and the elements of of the nature of God, in addition to the fullness of the power of the Holy Ghost, casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead, and doing the supernatural, okay? Paul, when Paul went into Ephesus in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he started to philosophize with the philosophers, right? We talked about this two or three sessions ago. Paul goes in and he says, whoa, wait a minute. I realized they were trying to out-philosophize me. They were trying to outthink me. And I'm presenting Jesus as this good guy, this guy of great character, this guy who died for us, right? Jesus died for us. And Paul goes, oh, wait a minute. I, I had a glitch in the matrix, I try, I tried to function with the philosophers using philosophy, trying to convince them Jesus is real. And how be it for me? He goes, you know what I did? He goes, I started to prophesy to Socrates. That's Socrates. <laughs> Just a side note there. So Socrates, I started to prophesy to Socrates' grandson. Plato's great, great, great grandson was there too. I prophesied to him. The guy wept. The guy fell to the ground. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost. He got up praying in tongues. Guess what? Um, Socrates' niece was there too. And she started to growl and, and howl like a demon whenever I started to preach and minister and I realized she was struggling with a demonic power. I cast it out. The people were in shock. They realized that this Jesus is real, right? That's, that's, I'm articulating 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, but that's what he said. He goes, I did not come with wise words of wisdom of men, but I came with a demonstration of the kingdom and power. I demonstrated the kingdom. I introduced Christ because I knew the spirit of revelation. I knew his truth and I spoke the vision of the Lord and the supernatural converted the philosophers in Greece. It wasn't his philosophy. It wasn't his better theological doctrine that convinced them. That's powerless. It wasn't Paul being this great peaceful man that, that changed that guy. Now, granted, your, your peace and ability to stay calm under pressure is going to have influence over certain people. But I'm telling you this, the kingdom without power is a misrepresentation, okay? That, that is not the kingdom. Jesus said the oil and the wine, do not hold back the oil, do not hold back the wine. They are both needed to purify the waters, Okay, did you catch that? So going back to the dream, what purifies the water? What made them crystal clear? That when the people drank those waters, when they drank that when they drank the fruit, when they drank the nature of the Lord, the presence of God, and the power of God, the demon powers in the place of desolation was broken. Okay? And what the dream was was essentially Isaiah 32. Go read Isaiah 32 um, to, to get a better picture. But the dream that, that I just shared 
is essentially Isaiah 32, okay? The, I woke up and the Lord gave me Isaiah 32, 15. Do not hold back the oil and the wine. Riding the black horse brings the scales of justice into the situation. I pour the oil out, I pour the wine out, and justice is brought to the people. No longer are they under the power of the demonic realm, but they are drinking of the pure waters of life in Christ Jesus. They are drinking from the, the spirit of truth, the spirit of revelation. Amen. And so, yeah, that's a lot to swallow. But here's the deal, guys. If you are not drinking from the purity of the Holy Ghost, the simplicity of the Holy Ghost and seeing the visions and dreams that the Lord promised he would pour out with the expectation that those dreams and visions are going to change your nature, right? Maybe you're struggling with anger. Maybe you're struggling with um, rage or, or lust. The seed of the Lord, the seed, his word, his vision to you is a seed. When he speaks it to you, it will transform your heart. And the power is it will drive out the demonic, right? Because it's just not your character making you severely angry. It's just not your bad, I don't know, super sex life that makes you lustful. It's demonic, right? which requires not just the wine, but it requires the oil. It requires the anointing that breaks the yoke of darkness. Okay, so it is the fullness of the oil and the wine in the water. Put it this way, if you just have oil or you just have wine in the water, there's still pollution in that water. But when the oil and the wine are released through what the Lord is saying, his vision to you, you are transformed. Your nature is transformed. Your character is transformed. Demons are driven out. That's the fullness of the kingdom. Amen. And so we've been talking about being deceived in truth. And, you know, this is a perfect example. A person can walk away from this quote saying, well, heck, I don't need the power of God. All I need is to be a nice guy, to be peaceful and to be joyous. All right. I mean, that's just that's just a bad theology. And bad theology is rampant in the church today. It's polluted water. It makes people powerless. It makes pe it actually made Jesus very, very angry. Okay? Jesus went into the temple angry to drive out the money changers. He was infuriated with the Pharisees who used scripture to manipulate and control, just like the slave girl spoke truth to Paul, you're a man of God, Paul but it was intended to imprison him and limit his influence in the region. There never would have been revival in the region and the outpour of the Holy Ghost with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost if Paul would have said, yep, you're right, I am a man of God. And he bowed to what made his ego feel good. You know what I mean? Catching my drift, guys. And so um, both the oil and the wine are needed to confront the stagnant waters. You are meant to be powerful. The whole essence of wisdom-filled warriors and what I'm teaching you is that you are called to be the most powerful force on earth. You are a warrior in the garden, right? You, are, you ascend the mountain of prayer to gain wisdom, to tear down strongholds, to set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind. Amen. And so if you are not drinking that water, you're, you're a polluted, you're, you're drinking something that's polluted. It's perverted you. Okay. And so this is a very important element that's woven through the gospels is Jesus confrontation with the, with the liars, right? The, the liars and the misrepresentation of the kingdom. Jesus wasn't furious with the sinner. He had an easy answer for them. He actually came to give them what they, what they needed, which was deliverance. They all needed healing. They all needed demons driven out of them. I mean, everywhere Jesus went when he demonstrated the kingdom, um, he was casting out devils. He, he, he healed the woman that was bent over with the spirit of infirmity. He drove the demon out, right? In Mark 9, the boy who had uh, epilepsy, a lunatic spirit, he drove the spirit out. The boy was healed, Okay. Everywhere he went was a demonstration of the power and the glory of God through the vision of the Lord, because Jesus received the pure river. He received the pure life of God, and he 
drove out demons. Okay? The Pharisees, on the other hand, they functioned under a demonic spirit. They presented the Bible in a manner that enslaved people instead of delivering people. They actually presented polluted waters to the people. Jesus called them hogs, dogs, snakes. He was infuriated with the Pharisee. Absolutely infuriated. Intolerant. Intolerant. Intolerant of the Pharisee. And the problem is, if you want to be a deliverer, if you want to wake up in the power of the Holy Ghost and wake up the people around you, you have to realize you have to embrace the intolerance. There is a confrontation that happens. I went through a season where I, I would drive by churches and the Lord would say, that's a synagogue. That's a dead synagogue. That's a dead place. And I'm like, wait a minute, it has a cross out front. Aren't they on our side? <laughs> and that's the essence of deception, guys. Just because it looks righteous doesn't mean it's righteous. Just because it looks um, biblical doesn't mean it's of the Holy Ghost. Okay? Jesus called the Pharisees vipers. You are of your father, the devil. Why? Because they preached polluted waters. They gave the people water that made them sick and made them subject because of false doctrine to the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness who literally crawled all over the people, demonizing them. Okay? And so, this this is actually uh, described in Matthew 15. I'll start with verse 1. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God? because of your tradition. So Jesus confronts them and says, we talked about commandment last time, right? Jesus is saying, you don't know the Holy Spirit. You don't know his voice and you transgress because of your tradition. You put the weight of practicing hand washing above the voice of the Lord. Above the voice of the Lord, right? The word commandment is the word telos. It actually has more to do with the prophetic and the revealing of the spirit of prophecy, knowing the voice of God, receiving truth and revelation from the spirit of God and versus scripture. Jesus is actually pointing to the fact that these guys don't know the Holy Ghost. And therefore, they're presenting doc doctrines that appear righteous to men because they're out of a Bible but they're polluted because man or the de demons behind the men are enslaving the people, right? The people walk away with, oh my gosh, I don't need the Holy Spirit. I don't need the power of the Holy Spirit. I just need to wash my hands and make myself look good and meet the command or, or meet, the, meet the requirement of the Pharisee. Amen. Are you with me? My God. In Matthew uh, 23, 13, this is starting with verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven. You don't take the people up the mountain of God to hear his voice. You stay in the bottom with a replica. For you neither go in yourselves. He's talking about going into the holy place. Nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Okay? He's talking about them worshiping and making a God out of the replica instead of seeking the Holy Spirit and entering into the supernatural through the gift of the Holy Spirit, which can only be entered through Christ. Right? I, get, I, talked, I talked two or three times ago about the dream the Lord gave me about the, the, the gift of tongues. Right? The, the voice of the Holy Spirit praying through you bringing you into the holy of holies where he speaks to you face to face, right? Jesus is confronting these false doctrines, these polluted waters that literally make people sick, powerless, and a victim of the demonic realm, okay? So if you are going to be a deliverer, if you are going to take this serious and recognize that, oh my gosh, I got to get, I got to really get serious with Letting go of this dead religious junk and the traditions that I was taught in these dead religious routines and, and um, de denominational places, those are just 
inundated with lies. 15-minute sermonettes make you feel good and out the door you go to watch your favorite football team on Sunday or whatever and that's it for the week. That, that's a lie. That's a, that's a, that is not Christianity, right? Christianity is being in Christ, relying on the Holy Spirit, knowing his voice, the spirit of truth, who gives you commands. He gives you the telos, the things to come, the visions, the dreams, the supernatural insight so that you can discern what you're dealing with. Okay. And so there's a significant contrast between the pure waters of life in Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit. If you don't have pure water going in, you won't have pure water coming out, right? I can't tell you how many pastors that thought they were doing the right thing and then they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. They somehow in, in a miracle encounter, um, I get them baptized in the Holy Ghost they begin praying in the Spirit, then they spend weeks calling and asking, why didn't I see this? Oh my gosh, I did this. I made I made my people do that. I, I feel convicted. I'm, I was wrong. And all you can do is make it right, man. That's the, that's the grace of the Holy Spirit. He came to make things right. He came to make things pure. And if you change the if you change what's coming into you and what feeds you, you then get to release pure water coming out of you. Right. That's a, that's actually a picture of the gifts of the spirit. When you hear the vision of the Lord or you see the vision of the Lord, the spirit of truth speaks into you. You are granted revelation and you prophesy the vision to the people, the purity. Right. There's there is no there is no doctrine of men in a in a prophecy. The The purity coming into me, I prophesy it to the people. And that's why they weep and shake and cry and have demons cast out from them because it is the pure river of waters of life. All right, man. Are you with me, guys? My God. I mean, the river, having a pure river come into you is so important. The end of the, of the book of Revelation, the revelation of Christ is described as this. And this is Revelation chapter 22, verse one to five. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no more night there. They need no lamp, no light from the, the sun, the natural sun, for the Lord gives them light. What is the light? The voice of God, right? So at the end game, from underneath the throne, from the one who gives the oil and the wine, right? Where's the throne? The, the throne right now is you are his temple. His throne is upon your heart. And, and if he's really sitting on the throne of your heart, there is oil and wine, right? There are seeds, there are there is vision of the Lord being implanted in your heart, making you supernatural in both character and power. There is actually, the that is the fruit of, of the Spirit of God, that you are transformed in nature, your soul is transformed, you are no longer subject to anger and lust and perversion and, and all of the junk and the demons are driven, right? They are, they are driven out because the oil and the wine has been put in your water. And what comes out of you now is the pure water of life of, in Christ Jesus. In Ezekiel 36, it was a prophecy that says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a new heart. What, what is this new heart? It's a heart that receives the oil and wine. It receives the seed, the revelation from the Lord that is transforming, life-giving. It is pure, right? It is absolutely pure in its nature, in its intent. And it is supernatural. Amen? It is absolutely supernatural. And there's a, um, there's a scripture here that I want to emphasize here for a minute. It is uh, John 
chapter 14. Um, John chapter 14, verse 16. Um, we walked through this earlier, but I want to spend a few minutes on it again. Um, he says, I will pray to the Father. He will give you another helper that he will abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you, in you. Did you get that? In you. The spirit of truth will be in you. It'll His throne on your heart, releasing oil and wine, purifying the waters, right? You walk every day and need oil and wine to, to purify what is leaving you. Purity has to come in you to allow purity to come out of you, okay? And we talked about this concept last time. This next section, he says, I will not leave you orphan. I will come to you that you may know me, that I that as I am in the Father, you and me and I in you. He has my commandment, my telos. That word is the word telos. It is the voice of God. It, uh, it is... Um, knowing the Holy Spirit, knowing him face to face because you've been given this new heart. You know him face to face and the voice of God releases supernatural information to you. Dis you. Through discernment, you're able to judge and pure waters flow out of your heart now. Okay? The word telos, as I talked last time, the word telos means things to come, things um, from revealed out of heaven and granted to you. And that's what the that's what the emphasis of the commandment is now. You are now voice driven. You know the Holy Spirit and you are voice driven instead of trying to achieve scripture. The very thing that Jesus says it's impossible for a man to achieve scripture. Jesus is the only one that fulfilled the law and the prophets. He fulfilled everything. He was perfect. Okay? And through the blood of Christ you are empowered to receive the Holy Spirit and walk in the same freedom. And Jesus stood up at the feast in John 7, and he says, Out of your belly one day will flow rivers of living water, the pure rivers of life in Christ Jesus, which are turned pure by the oil and the wine. Both the nature, the fruit, the ability of the presence of the Lord and the power of the Lord, which comes from his voice. Both are needed to release pure water. It's not what the Lord said 10 years ago. It's not, it's not scripturally um, you trying to live up to a scripture or achieve a certain thing in scripture. It's actually the scripture pointing to the one who reveals in this moment, in this hour, what is real, what is true, and what is the intent. Just like Paul when he cast out the demon from a girl who was speaking what was true. It wasn't coming, although it was true, it was coming from a demon. Okay, catching my drift, guys. The Lord wants to make you supernatural. And you really, you literally have to acknowledge your limitations and the things that have, have, have limited you are actually because of the doctrines, <laughs> because of the dirty waters that intentionally, think about it this way. I described the vision to you, right? that the demons are bringing you dirty waters. If you're drinking false doctrine, it's by design to keep you deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit. <laughs> and it's not a funny thing, but I mean, the, the dream actually makes it easy to see, right? It's a parable. It's a, it's a reality of the Lord describing what it is like for many people. You think you're alive because you're drinking water. But it's actually a dead, desolate place that the Lord considers dead. And you're actually a victim of, of demonic powers that are making you deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit and actually dining on your soul. They actually harness the energy out of your soul. But until the oil and the wine appear on the scene, brought by somebody who knows the Holy Spirit, who can prophesy the word of the Lord, who can discern and judge and cast out demons according to the Holy Ghost, according to the spirit of truth, right? Until that happens, everybody that surrounds the stagnant lake 
drinking water, thinking they are righteous. I mean, that's what the water is. You think you're drinking something that is bringing you life, but it's actually it's actually stale. Not only is it stale, but it's muddy and has a whole bunch of impurities in it. And it's the impurities that you drink through your mind that because you've set your mind and relied on doctrine that make you powerless and a victim to the demonic. Jesus is saying there's only one source of pure water, and that is my spirit. Okay, I I've, I say this, I've said this probably in the, since I started this session, this this whole series, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 4 to 6. There is only one thing that gives you life, and that is the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can resurrect you. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal to you in the moment. Only the Holy Spirit can, can, can awaken you. Amen? Only the Holy Ghost gives life. It says the letter kills. He's, talking to, he's pointing to Scripture. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Amen. So false doctrine is a major element. The Lord, I mean, listen, guys, I was going to move on. I was going to teach about wisdom this week, but uh, the Lord came to me in a dream in his timely fashion um, to emphasize a point about revelation and its importance. That it's not like an optional thing. It's not like it's not like you can read first Corinthians or I'm sorry. It's not like you can read Ephesians chapter one verse 17 and say, I, Paul's talking as a father. He says, I pray that you would be granted the spirit of wisdom and revelation, right? If you, if you gloss over that, you thinking, well, that's kind of like one of those optional bolt on things. You know, I can take it or leave it. It's like buying a car. You know, I don't know if I really need air conditioning. It wouldn't be nice to have. No, the Lord is saying you need revelation. If you don't have pure water coming into you, if you don't have the purity of the oil and the wine together, making what is uh, the kingdom of God coming into you by the spirit. Then the dirty waters not only make you a slave, but when you preach the dirty waters, you enslave everybody else around you. That's the power of false doctrine. It's a pulpit. It's, it's a demonic agenda. Okay. And the Lord wants to drive those vipers out. He wants to drive the reliance on false doctrine out. Amen. So I'm just, I'm going to pray. Um, Lord, I just, I just, I release your revelation upon the people, Lord. I release uh, the oil and the wine, Lord, into every heart right now in the name of Jesus, that the supernatural uh, nature of the Lord, the peace and joy and righteousness, Lord, would come upon them. I pray that every person who has been bound in fear and has never laughed, Lord, I pray that joy would come upon them right now in the name of Jesus. And I release the oil, Lord, into their heart, that there would be a balance between the oil and the wine that would release pure waters, Lord, that the demons would be driven out, that those who are in need of healing, that broken hearts that need healed would be healed right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. Every prison door that has kept people... Um, bound from thinking because they thought something was true, but came from a spirit, a python meant to constrict them. I break that lie right now. I release a special window in front of that person that the light, the glory of God would shine into their heart and they would know that what they thought was true actually wasn't true. It was actually deception. Lord, I release that grace upon them right now in the name of Jesus. And I decree that the desolation in your life is ending. I decree that the that the false doctrines that uh, the religious uh, world, um, the, the, the vipers that have uh, fed you, I break that lie. I break that drinking source. I take authority over the demon that, that goes to that dead lake, to that stagnant, muddy water lake and brings you muddy waters to drink. I break that, that connection. I break that lie in the name of Jesus. I break your dependence on a place that feeds stagnant, dirty waters to people. I break it in Jesus' name and I give you permission to fall in love and trust and rely only on the Holy Spirit. I give you permission to sit in your prayer chair on Sunday and worship and pray for hours in absolute awe of the freedom and peace of not following the traditions of men, of having to go to religious places on Sunday or any day of the week. But you can sit in your chair and pray and hear the voice of God yourself. 
And then when you hear him, then you go and set others free around you. I release that grace upon you. I release that grace upon you. I release it in Jesus name. And I'm so adamant about this, guys, is because in recent years, as Lord as the Lord has sent me to new cities to work with new places, um, you know, I've gotten pastors baptized in the Holy Ghost in America, but I have gone into places and seen people delivered like people that they felt absolutely guilty if they didn't go to church on Sunday because of what they were told and manipulated to. Um People who didn't pay their temple tax on Sunday, (laughs) didn't pay their temple tax, feeling ultimately guilty and condemned. Those are lies. That's a false doctrine, a lie, a manipulation of Scripture intended to enslave people. And I break that lie from you. I give you the freedom of the Holy Ghost, and I just decree over you that you are going to have a season of absolute peace, a season of healing, and an outpouring of the oil and the wine right now. I just release the oil of the Holy Ghost and the wine of the Spirit to come and mix in your heart, in a supernatural way, that the waters coming in would be purified, that you would be able to call BS (laughs) on what is a lie, on what appears true to the natural eye, but is a lie coming from the demonic realm intended to enslave you, intended to limit you, bind you, uh, entreat you to brokenness. I break that lie and I release the grace upon you to, to be overcome by the voice of God in the coming days, weeks, and months, that the voice of the Lord and dreams and visions will be poured out. And he knows your heart. He knows what you need. I just decree a season of love, of absolute love, where the revelation of the lover of your soul, the, the, the only thing that Jesus gave was the Holy Ghost. And I just decree a season of, of, of love where you fall in love with the Holy Spirit who will deliver you, heal you, awaken you, and bring peace and every fruit of the Spirit to your life and make you a powerful force on this earth. In Jesus' name, I just release that grace on you. Amen. All right, guys, it's been awesome. And uh, look forward to uh, next week's session. Hopefully, um, well, if the Lord wants me to uh, spend more time on Revelation, I will. Otherwise, I think we're going to get into uh, wisdom and the supernatural impartation of wisdom. Amen. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.